0: Football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers Every game day this September get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code FIGHT disciples to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code FIGHT disciples The crown is yours. <laughs> This, this,
1: this, this, is, 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 Fight
0: Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 791. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your review of the Weekend Just Gone from the World of Boxing. Before we get stuck into it, if you're a first-timer to the Fight Disciples, we would like you to keep coming back, time after time after time, to talk all things boxing. We also do an MMA show. You might be a fan of that as well. Uh, FightDisciples.com is our website. You can go on there. You can find all different audio feeds. So whatever suits you, it's all there for you. And we're also available on YouTube. So if you you prefer to watch your podcasts, you can do uh, via that platform. Uh, So hit subscribe. You can also interact with us there as well. So if we're talking nonsense or you're agreeing with what we're saying and you want to get involved in the community, comment section, get stuck in, have a bit of a crack. Uh, We always have a little bit of a read through them and respond to uh, the
1: ones that uh, tickle our fancy. Can I ask what you're doing, please? I'm just floating merch in front of the camera for anyone watching on YouTube. Just a reminder, fightdisciplestore.com is fully stocked with merch. Get stuck in there. Just bear in mind, if you are ordering socks, I actually have to send the socks to the post office. So you need to give me a week or two to get me around. I've got to go back to the post office. But everything else is done direct from the stockist. So you'll get mugs, mats, golf, bro, golfer, towels, dog non Neckerchiefs for your pets, everything else will be sent direct and swiftly. But socks, just give it an extra week. What's that that you're wearing? Hey, there, little cheeky little new hoodie. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, you'll be seeing a lot more of this in the coming months, and then maybe a little cheeky announcement at the end of the year. Do I get one to say? Sorry. I'll get you one. I'll get you one. And well, wait a minute. MMA. Wait. Well, I was going to save this for the MMA show, but maybe I should get your lad one because he's the he's the man of the house now, isn't
0: he? I'll talk about it on me on the <laughs> MMA show.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Anyway, you maybe were you
1: the weekend. I did a bit. I did a bit the weekend. I was up in Steel City, representing the FD Massive. Thought you'd be there. You.
0: Well, when was the last time you went to a show? Oof.
1: Uh <laughs> boxing or UFC or MMA.
0: Mate, I know what MMA shows you go to. You come with me. So what box when was the last time you went to a boxing show?
1: I don't know. It was
0: It was definitely earlier in the year. It was a few months uh, ago. Well,
1: it's I, good to see I'm you putting a shift in. It's good not to see. Yeah,
0: you have got comfortable. You got you know what I mean? Yeah. You've managed to create this podcast, and now all of a sudden you think you're Billy really, really Big Bollocks that you don't have That's to put it. the graft in. Well done, no. lad.
1: We've done a shift, have you? Were it a good night? <clears throat> Mate, it was tremendous, tremendous. And listen, I know it was very fractured. It was literally one side of the room was Leeds, one side of the room was Nottingham. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what, 99.9% little what i seen anyway, 99.9% of everybody in that arena was, was full of ale and having a fantastic time, but was well-behaved. So congratulations there. Obviously, the fear of going into those football terraces excuse me, environments is that it might just boil over. Um, but from what I seen, it didn't. Everyone behaved themselves. That's worth mentioning. And the fucking main event delivered just like we said it would. And that's why I drove to Sheffield, you know, was driving home at one o'clock in the morning with a semi on and a big smile for me at Awea, because it was a sensational main event. Just like we said <laughs> it would be.
0: Don't want to be getting pulled over in that state, do you mate? You know what I mean? What's that?
1: go <laughs> come on out
0: on the m62 ah. <laughs> who'd have thought it eh? who'd have thought it two lads that never duck a challenge would turn out to create such a captivating fight mm-hmm. promoters take notes fighters take notes Correct. A wax lyrical about the main event and in fact the event in general uh, but lee wood josh warrington well done your cap, so I've given him a little bit of a tip because even though obviously one of you comes out as a as a person who doesn't have your hand raised in this particular fight, you both absolutely played your part in a captivating night. Both dudes delivered belter. Well done.
1: The thing with Lee Wood is just when you think he's done, just when you think you've got him beat. You know, I'd hate to play fucking cards with Lee Wood. He's the type of fella that you take all his <laughs> chips off him. And in his last hand, You've got one more left.
0: Then <laughs> you know he's
1: got fuck all in his hand. A <laughs> final card would turn over, and suddenly he's got a full house, and you'd be like, "Oh my god!" Gonna lost my mortgage to Lee Wood in a final hand. He's that type of fella. You know, he'd fall out of a multi-story window into a, you know, truckload of shit, wouldn't he? And coming up smelling of roses. What a guy! And that's just that's just his story. And you can't deny that he deserves that kind of a story because. He never ducks a fight. He always mm. takes on the toughest challenge. He's yeah. been, he's he's been a loser at domestic level, and he's gone away and reinvented himself. And it's the belief that he has in himself that allows him to come through moments like the weekend, like Michael Conlan, like the rematch um, with 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 Lara. That's a mentality. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's in his mentality. He's got no quit in him. He's got an inner belief in himself. And honestly, the only, the only thing that guts me about Lee Wood is that he's 35 and he's not 25. And we ain't got a we ain't got an awful lot of fights left to go. Even though he looked great, you probably count on one hand the number of fights Lee Wood's gonna have before his career's over. And that's such a shame because he's earning real money now. He's packing out arenas now, and he's fucking entertaining to watch, man. Every single fight you go to, you know you're guaranteed entertainment when Lee Wood's main events. His story is very similar to Frotch, mate. There's something in Gedling,
0: in Nottingham. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about Frotch's rise to where Frotch ended up, there was a lot of small hole. There was a lot of, you know, under the radar. Nobody knew too much about it. And then, obviously, it just popped. When he teamed up with Matchroom, teamed up with Eddie, it just popped for those last five, six, seven fights. And, obviously, yeah. Froch is all action. I'll take on anybody and literally back that up and gave you hella leather when he went in there it's exactly what Lee Woods doing right now and yeah you're right he is 35 and it's not going to last forever but fuck it fuck it man celebrate what he is whilst he's here um and also celebrate Josh Warrington as well because he 100%. absolutely played his part in this fight i thought Josh Warrington i thought Josh Warrington was absolutely brilliant mate he was rugged he was aggressive they had a look at each other in that first round uh, but from that point onwards for me I don't know what it was like for you watching it in the arena, but the cleaner, more effective work, as we keep talking about when we're scoring fights, was coming from Josh Warrington. Lee seemed to be struggling a touch with the pace. He couldn't keep up with the the pace that uh, Josh Warrington was setting. Interesting to see Lee constantly switching to Southport to try and give a little bit of a different look. And I know that that is where the finish ends up coming from. So it's obviously something that they worked on uh, in the gym. So it was interesting to see how that all played out, but the finish itself, mate, when it comes, it's it, it it for me just epitomizes why we absolutely love boxing, and there's no sport on the planet like it, because if you think about every other sport, fight you're five nil down, right, and that's what he's what, what he technically is. In a game of football, you're five 0 down. There is no last minute goal that equalizes that or, or wins the game, is there? No. In rugby, you can't be ten points behind and then hang on. Let me do my maths. Score. I think it's seven points in it for a try in rugby. Mm-hmm. Ten points behind and then score a try and then win, and win. You know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. none of that. But in no. boxing, Maybe you football. can be miles behind. Yeah, like miles behind, getting your ass handed to you, and find a moment, and that moment changes the whole complexity of the fight. And that's exactly what he did. It must have been pandemonium in that arena.
1: Yeah. It was insane because obviously, as I say, it was segregated. <clears throat> Leeds to our to my left and and Nottingham to my right. And the left-hand side of the room was having a party. And the right-hand side of the room, and a lot of people around us were, were Nottingham fans as well, had been almost silenced. And there was frustration. And yeah. there, was, there was just, you know, individual cackles of, fucking come on, Lee, get going. Come on, come on. Whereas this side of the room, it was like you know leads away. They were just singing in the terraces. Everyone's having a sensational time because of the performance that Josh Warrington had put in. Because I, you know, I, I had him comfortably ahead. I had him, I had him four two up going into, I and mean, it's difficult to score when you're. I was about eight or nine rows from the from the. I think four two. I think four
0: two or even five think, one. If people have got it at five one, there.
1: I wouldn't absolutely. argue with him. I had a four two going into the seventh. And then obviously the big talking point came in the the beginning of the seventh when the point was taken off for a blow around the back of the head. So that changed how the seventh was looking. But prior to the the shot, prior to that right-hand finish, Warrington's winning that round comfortably. So that was heading to be a a, a drawn, a split round. Um, So it was 100% the momentum was with Josh Warrington. But that's what Lee Wood can do. He can silence a room with a moment. He can silence a room with one clean shot. He is a genuine one-punch knockout artist in this weight division. It was only the fact that Josh Warrington his fit is fit as a butcher's dog that he was able to even get back to his feet and recover because the right hand should have done him. But in fact, I think the little cuff and left that came after it was the one that really put him on Queer Street and really fucking sent him all over the place and made him struggle when he got back to his feet. But that's what Lee Wood can do. He's got that equalizer. We've seen it many times before, and we got it exactly there again. When the shit is hitting the fan, when his back's against the wall, when he needs something special, he knows he's got that in his locker, and he knows one clean shot, even with someone like, I don't care what you say, Josh Warrington's got a magnificent chin. A yeah. magnificent chin. Look who he's been in with. Been in with some big, big telling itters, you I'm telling you. And 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 part of that chin is the belief and the fitness. You can only get back up if your body's fit enough. And Josh Warrington was peak physical condition on Saturday night, which is why he was able to get to get back to his feet. But Lee Wood's got something special in those hands, man. He's got real TNT in those punches. And that and, and he and it got him out of there again. And and you can't deny that he is arguably the most exciting fighter in the whole of Britain right now.
0: There you go. You've nailed it, mate. Lee Wood is. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He is the most exciting fighter in British boxing. He consistently takes proper challenges. That's the first tick that he gets off us and, I'm sure, every single fight fan. He has, every single time he walks to that ring, a you-or-me attitude. Yeah. A you-or-me attitude. And that's that's what we all want, isn't it? That's what every single fight fan wants. When you're paying your money your hard-earned money to go to an event, wherever it may be in the world, you want to be, to an extent, guaranteed entertainment. Mm -hmm. And Lee Wood is guaranteed entertainment. We don't want risk-averse fighters navigating fights or navigating the system and getting themselves to the promised land. We want them to take on the toughest of challenges. And we want them, when they turn up, to take on the toughest of challenges, say, do you know something? We're having it. So you've got to put me out. If you don't put me out, I'm putting you out, mate. Yeah. We want more Lee Woods. That's what we want. So if you're a fighter watching this and listening to this, be more Lee Wood. That's the advice of the show today, man. Because yeah. that dude, every single time his name is now on a poster, I am trying to either, one, be covering it as part of my work, or two, be buying a ticket and getting my ass. To be a part of whatever it is that he's doing
1: because it's absolutely sensational. Of course, which is why. Well, I never bought the ticket. A friend of mine bought the ticket, but I was there uh, at ringside for that exact reason. And part of that, 50% of the reason I traveled to Sheffield as well, I was never missing this event, was the fact that the man in the opposite corner is cut from exactly the same cloth. Yeah. Josh Warrington is the same kind of fighter, the same kind of champion. And this is. Hopefully where boxing's going now, you know, we're seeing Eddie talk about it a lot now. Fighters need to step up. If people aren't going to willing to step up, I'm just going to cut them away. I mean, so that, and again, I maintain, I think, you know, we'll, we'll get into the fights a little bit later. There was four proper fights here. I got in for the four proper fights, starting with uh, Hopi Price, Kieran Conway, obviously Terry Harper, and then the main event. Four proper fights. That, at least for me, is value for money. For me, a fight card should be six fights, eight at a push. Four of them need to be proper, and I'll give you two kids just starting out less than ten fight novices, as long as it's a structured fight. But just like Hopi Price here, once you get, you know, touched towards double figures, I want you seeing a competitive fight, and he yeah. got a competitive fight. I've got no complaints about those fight, four fights whatsoever. Matchmaking wise, this was spot on, but it was set the tone was set by the main event. And I thought Josh Warrington was outstanding. And I thought Lee Wood was outstanding. The only negative, and this is the big talking point, this is what everyone's talking about is, the performance of Michael Alexander in that moment. Did he get it right or did he get it wrong? Because this is a critical moment. This was Josh Warrington aiming to become a three-time world champion. You may not get a fourth shot at a world title. Very few fighters ever do. this At this stage of his career, after the performance he put in for the for the seven rounds until the moment was was Michael Alexander correct to make the decision he did? What are your thoughts? Because I missed you. I mentioned it just before we pressed record. By the time I got to my car and was leaving Sheffield Arena, you'd bloody wrapped it with Gareth and you'd gone on to bleeding into Harlem Eubank. So I had, I've got no idea what your take is on the finish. I'll give you my ringside take after I hear yours.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Um,
0: Listen, everybody knows that I love to criticize officials. All the things that you've just mentioned there, Michael Alexander can't consider. He can't consider what it is. He can't consider who it is. He can't consider the fight. He has to consider the moment. He has to consider whether the fighter is giving him the correct responses that he wants in order for that fight to continue. I appreciate that there's going to be people that are going to disagree with me, but this is my take on it. I think he gets it spot on. And the reason why I get it, I think he gets it spot on because we do have other moments to be able to compare this to. If you think about the knockdown, it's not a one-hitter quitter, is it? It's four or five heavy, heavy shots where Lee Wood has teed off on him and sparked him. Yes, he gets up, but he's all over the place. No doubt in my mind that Josh Warrington's all over the place. And he doesn't respond to what the referee is asking him to do, he turns his back on him. He goes to his corner. Now, maybe he is dazed and confused because it is the end. The bell has gone for the round. Correctly. His corner are already up on the canvas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: preparing for the end of the round Josh. and the conversation. And then obviously he ends up getting chin. So maybe that has led to Josh Warrington's <coughs> dazed and confused moment in thinking, it's the end of the round. I'm going to go to my corner and have a little bit of a chat with these lads. The referee's counting. You don't turn your back on the referee. He can't see you. He doesn't know what state you're in. All he's seeing is you do the stanky leg all the way to your corner. If Josh Warrington turns round and looks Michael Alexander in the eye, I'm pretty confident that Michael Alexander makes the decision of going, "Okay, Josh, thank you very much for that. I'm happy with the situation. I know now we've got an extra minute here. Go and take the extra minute. He didn't do it. Now, the reason why I'm so adamant is that Michael Alexander gets this right is because the piece of information that I'm using to compare it to is the first round of Lee Wood versus Michael Conlon. Now, okay. if you go and watch that first round, Michael Conlon, with one shot, not several shots, sparks Lee Wood. Lee Wood is all over the place. All over the place. The referee on this occasion is Steve Gray. Mm-hmm. Lee Wood does exactly what Josh Warrington did. Bounces straight back to his feet, and he's all over the gaff. Yeah, The bell's gone. It's exactly yep. the same situation. Correct. But Lee Wood stands still, looks Steve Gray clean in the eyes and responds to everything that he says to him. Show me your hands, lift your gloves, puts the gloves on, the bell's gone. Steve Gray at that point is happy enough to think, all right, it's a world title fight. Yeah, fair enough. Whether he has considered all this stuff or not, I don't know. But he has looked at this lad and he's Mm -hmm. gone. It's the end of the round here. He might be all right in a minute. I'll tell you what, go and sit down, give you that minute. And I'll keep I'll keep an eye on you coming out for this second. If in the second round you're all over the gaff, mate, we're gonna wave that. That's the opportunity that Michael Alexander was looking for. Josh Warrington did not provide him with that opportunity. And in my opinion, gave him no other out than to wave it because he wasn't looking at him until eight. Mate, you should have turned round at four, five.
1: Let him look at him. Go on. Well, I'm going to use exactly the same arguments, exactly the same incidents, exactly the same rounds, and exactly the same decision by the referee to counter and say Michael Alexander got it completely wrong, completely wrong, because I think for the exact argument you've just put forward, Steve Gray in that moment looked at Lee Wood, countered to got to got to the count of eight, Lee Wood standing in front of him. He made the conscious decision to go, okay, you're standing in front of me. You've got your hands under your chin. You've got a minute now. I'm going to give you that minute. And after the end of that minute, I'm going to have a good look at you. If you come out and you're all right, the fight will continue. Mm -hmm. Michael Alexander robbed Josh Warrington of that minute. He robbed him of that moment. Now, to to, to just compare those instances, because I deliberately went back yesterday and watched that first round and watched Lee Wood. And you're right, Lee Wood is as gone. As Josh Warrington, his legs are everywhere, he's all over the place. He does get back to his feet and look at Steve Gray, that's the only difference here. But as he's looking at Steve Gray, he falls into Steve Gray twice, falls into him. Steve Gray props him back up, he literally falls into him. Josh Warrington never did that. Josh Warrington, no, he fell into his corner. John, Josh Warrington, in a semi conscious state, got back to his feet, was all over the place. All he's got in his brain is the bell's gone. Just got to get back to my corner. He goes back to his corner and stands there and starts talking to his corner. He actually starts chatting away to his dad or whatever it is, and he's holding the ropes. And then as the referee gets to nine, he turns around. He's in conversation, and he turns around to look at the referee on the count of nine and looks at Michael Alexander. And Michael Alexander, in that split second, decides to waver off in a split second of looking at him. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not Michael Alexander. I can't see through his eyes. Josh Warrington's eyes could have been going in two different directions. That would be the only excuse I've got here. And I had noticed the thing Bellew put yesterday where he said about 10 seconds after the stoppage when, when Josh is complaining, he says Josh kind of... His his legs stumble a little bit. Well, I would counter that by going, wait a minute. Lee Wood wasn't asked to stay on his feet for 10 seconds after his instant with Michael Conlon. Steve Gray went, well, stand back up, Lee. Go on then, go to your corner and have your minute. And he went and sat on a stool for a minute and had a minute to recover. And I would argue Josh Warrington, in the physical condition that he's in, and the fact that, for me, he was having dialogue with his corner, he deserved the minute Lee Wood got against Michael Conlon. He deserved those 60 seconds. Michael Alexander robbed of them that, of that opportunity. What would Michael Alexander have lost in that moment by going, well, oh, you're lucky there. You turned around on nine. Go on. Have your minutes. I'm going to keep a close eye on you. Exactly exactly the argument you just said. Steve Gray went, whoop, Lee, go on. I'll give you the minute. to a world title fight. Have your minute. And it changed the fight. Obviously, we all know in history, one of the greatest fights we've seen recent times, one of the knock, the knockout of the year last year, Lee Wood was allowed to paint a different picture. Josh Warrington, for me, was robbed of that opportunity by Michael Alexander. I thought it was a poor decision. Under the circumstances, mate, give him his minute. Read the fucking fight. He was ahead. Unlike Lee Wood, who lost the first round against Michael Conlon, he was getting a bit of a shellacking before that big shot dropped him. He been, he'd got tagged with a few shots before he got dropped. This was different. Josh Warrington's winning the fight and winning it handily. Surely Michael Alexander can see that. So, yeah. For the same he reasons... Can't no. He can't take that into consideration.
0: He can't take that into He has to judge the moment. Josh Warrington didn't respond to him. He walked That's, back to he... his corner. No, no, no. Listen, it's not. That's not the response. The response is the referee is giving you a count. Respond
1: to the referee. Fuck your corner. If you're if you if you know what's going on, you know to respond to the referee. I don't. I don't believe anybody that gets either Wood or or Warrington are completely mentors in that moment. Obviously, they're in a semi-conscious state. Well, Lee Wood was semi-conscious enough to respond to the referee. He didn't respond to him at all. He fell into his corner. Course, and then he turns on the counter of nine. He turns round. Yeah, but you've got to turn eight. Well, I, I, listen. You've got to I turn just think eight. Was, you don't I get think ten. You get eight. He should. It was a poor, you get decision. Eight. He was a made. poor decision. Listen, no, you, get, think... you get eight to get back to your feet. He was on his feet. He was being held. He was holding himself up in the corner. I think it was a poor decision. I Genuinely, I think it was a poor decision. And Listen, listen I'm, I, I'm, I, I don't want that I, to be the rhetoric of the fight. The fight was incredible. Both of them were amazing. And, yeah, I'm a massive advocate. If Lee Wood can stay at this weight, one million percent, forget about anything else, do the rematch at, at Nottingham Forest Stadium. That is the fight to make. Josh Warrington deserves it. Lee Wood deserves to, you know, have a victory that hasn't got a complaint against it. And I just think I understand where Josh is coming from, man. Lee Wood had his minute, Josh never got a minute, and that's that for me, that's the big talking point. And it shouldn't really be
0: regarding rematch. And again, people will always uh, come at us because we have particular uh, strong views on rematch clauses and all this type of stuff. I don't know what the contractual situation is with this, but for me, fights always dictate whether rematches should happen. Yeah. Um, fan uh, demand should always dictate whether uh. Rematches should happen, and also financial recompense for both fighters. What is the best option on the table for both fighters? Um, as I look around that division, yeah, okay. I've I've seen in the aftermath that there's a Joe Cordina conversation of coming up and, and challenging Lee Wood. All right, yeah, I see that. And listen, I'm in. I love Joe Cordina. I think he's a great fighter. Yeah. If that's what you do with Lee Wood, if that's another great battle of Britain, fantastic, man. Um, but I think the demand for fa- from a fan point of view and Financially, Lee Wood and Josh Warrington. I think it would do more than just Sheffield Arena next time, because I think there is a conversation. Because controversy always sells. And listen, me and you were split on it, and I'm I'm pretty sure that the majority of the fan base is split on it. Some awesome. think agree will all agree with me. Some will agree with you. Simple. But that in itself gives you a narrative. If we now take a step back and actually look at the fight, Josh Warrington looked as good as he's ever looked. Correct. So I know that you mentioned there that is this the last time that you fight for a world title, you're coming to that stage of your career and all that type of stuff. If you actually look at the performances that Josh Warrington has put in in these brilliant fights that he's had over the last five, he's never looked cooked. Even... um when uh, he took on Lopez and Lopez was absolutely sensational for what, seven, eight rounds, Josh yeah. dominated the back end of the fight. He, he tried to catch him, didn't he? And he was nearly, he was nearly there. He just, he just ran out of rounds. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot, for me, there's a lot left is what I'm trying to say with, with, with Josh Warrenson. If Josh Warrington wants to continue at the very, very highest level, he absolutely can do that. And I am not against that at all. If match room turned around and said, do you fancy doing it? And shall we try and do it in the stadium? Let's see if we can sell. A stadium out and do it and do a rematch there again. If it's the best option for Lee Wood, who's on this brilliant tour, then why not? Why not? Why not do it again? Because the first fight was absolutely, like you said, tremendous and it has that sprinkling of conversation at the end. Mm -hmm. Should he have been given a minute? Let's go again.
1: It's like, um, it reminds me a bit of of Frotch versus Groves, the first fight. Okay, yeah, Gro- Groves was yeah. miles. Groves was miles ahead. Frotch looked, aw- you know, and I'm not saying Leewood looked awful. Far from it. Groves was miles ahead. Yeah, maybe I right. Mean, the referee jumped right. in. It was quite a premature stoppage. Everyone was up in arms. I think it was more like it was probably more heavily skewed toward it was an early stoppage than a late stoppage. Yeah. But then when the rematch came around, we got fucking eighty thousand into Wembley or whatever it was, as as Carl likes to remind us. So the the similarities with that are massive. And I, I honestly looking around, listen, obviously the, the Cordina fight. If Lee Wood can become a multiple weight world champion, of course there's an attraction there. But my attitude hasn't changed after watching seven rounds in Sheffield. My attitude hasn't changed. These guys are earning good money. Lee, Lee Wood earned a seven-figure payday on Saturday nights. Josh Warrington within, within touching distance of a seven-figure payday. They do the rematch at City Stadium. They're yeah. both getting healthy seven-figure paydays. It's the biggest, I think it's the biggest fight out there. There's a narrative now. There's a yeah, real thing right. to sell it against. And I think City Stadium in May, end of the football st- season, everybody down to Nottingham, I think the atmosphere would be fucking unbelievable. Josh Warrington had his big moment at Elland Road. Let's give Lee Wood the opportunity to have his big moment at Forest Ground against now a rival with a real selling point, a real narrative to go through. Because Warrington will sell his back out of it. Warrington will be like, I'm a back on you. Even when you switch to Southport, blah, blah, blah. I figured you out. I was too good. It was a shot. The referee, you know, there's a whole narrative to sell on the back of it. I think right now, Eddie, I'll wake up this morning, oh, right. Let's get a uh, let's get Nottingham Forest on the phone. And let's have a genuine conversation. Hopefully, Lee can stay at this weight because this is where the money is. This is where the fight is. This is where the legacy is.
0: You just want your trilogy thing to come true, don't you? I, I do, yeah. See yeah. You, <laughs> 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 Mate,
1: you might be right. In
0: fact, I know you're right. I think that, that is the one. That is the one. I think if they can get that, that's the one. Um, what did you make of the co-men? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly.
1: Deja Ooh, vu. De- what do you mean,
0: Deja Vu? Are you, are you talking about Terry Harper losing fights and getting draws? Is that what you're That's referring exactly
1: to? Exactly what I'm talking, talking about? about. Exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, listen, I th- I don't know. I seen Eddie's post-fight interview and I was I was giggling away because you know he, he was lambasting the judges. He was saying Terry Harper won all these rounds and they've robbed him the opportunity of becoming a uh, you know, a dual weight world champion and all this, and that you know, I, I've got exactly the same opinion as Eddie, except the name's not Terry Harper, her name's Cecilia Breakhouse. Because at 42 years of age, she dominated the fight, she landed the cleaner shots, she held the center of the ring, she picked Terry Harper off. It, it wasn't even close, in my opinion. I thought, well, it was close, That that's a lie, it was close, yeah. it was a close fight, but Cecilia Breakhouse won it handily, in my opinion. The 97 93 scorecard from Bob Williams in favour of Terry Harper. And then obviously two two judges put in a draw. I, I scored it same as Bob, but towards Cecilia Breakhouse. I thought she won, you know, six or seven rounds. Um, and it was a bad home decision. A bad home decision, even though it was only a draw. That tells you everything you need to know. That's twice now I've seen Terry lose big fights and get a draw when she should have really lost. Deja yeah. vu for me. Let's, let's be dead honest. It was a poor
0: fight wasn't it? Yeah. Let's let's be dead honest about it. It didn't catch it, fire. No, it didn't catch fire, but that, that, again, I don't want that to sound like I'm knocking matchmaking or anything, because on paper, it was brilliant. Yeah. Supported it massively. I thought it was a great piece of matchmaking. Sometimes that happens. Fights don't catch fire. This didn't really do that. It was a bit messy. Um, there's absolutely I Terry no Harper
1: way. tried to pinch it. Breakout yeah. was too big. She was too big for her physically. You know, she's come up against a genuine super welterweight and a genuine woman that's got a lot of experience, a lot of talent. I know she's forty-two years of old now, the first lady of boxing. But she's, you know, she's been around the block, man. She's had a lot of big fights over the years. She just had a little bit too much for Terry. She was too big, well, it was too strong. Yeah, and she dominated. Jabbed. And she dominated. It, and, and these, this, these draws don't help Terry Harper, in my opinion. It doesn't help. It doesn't help no. her. Listen, there's, there's no way. Um, I've seen loads on
0: social media. As everybody knows, I don't listen to commentary when I'm I'm watching fights or anything like that. So I can I can't comment directly on it, but I believe that the commentary was very pro Terry Harper as well. Don't know who was on. Um, but there's absolutely no way that she wins seven rounds. Absolutely none. Um, anybody that thinks that no Terry Harper's won seven rounds is a bit deluded, in my opinion. Is 95-95 possible? Yeah. It is. Because I've gone 96-94, and there's what there's one in there that you think, mmm. She's landed a couple of shots there that do have, they are clean. They are maybe more effective than what Cecilia was doing in that round. So I personally don't have any problem whatsoever with the 95 95. So therefore, I'm not against the overall scoring of the draw. I'm not, I really am not. But if anybody did win that fight, it was Cecilia Breakhouse. Um, she was cleaner and more effective for me for longer periods of time. I've highlighted the jab there. I thought a jab couldn't miss, really. But, yeah. You know, when Teddy was coming in, it was, you know, and I know it's a jab and it's not an uppercut or a hook or a or a straight right hand. I get that, but it's still clean. It's effective and it's scoring. It's landing clean on the button, mate, every single time. So one thing that I did not, and I don't know whether you picked up on this whilst you were in the arena. Steffi Bull's loud in that corner, isn't he? He <laughs> <It> is loud, <laughs> mate. To the point where anything, anything Teddy does, Mm-hmm. anything he ch- he's the cheerleader of course like loud now does that affect the judges it shouldn't That's... no absolutely it shouldn't if you're an experienced judge you should be fucking say te- can you tell him to shut up you know what yeah. i mean get your headphones on it shouldn't affect you but every single round way brilliant way way and i'm like yeah mate she's hit her on the arms yeah. she's hitting arms and hands that is not scoring shots. I thought. <clears throat> listen, like I said, I am not overly aggressive against. It. Let's let's say it isn't Sandy Ryan, Jessica McCaskill. Let's just say that it isn't yeah, that. That's for goddamn sure. But it's it's close. It's tight. Terry doesn't win seven. She didn't win the fight, did she? Draw it, maybe.
1: But if anybody did win it, it was Cecilia Breakhouse. The. Um... The reason, the reason I'm not putting Bob Williams on the, on the list, he's not making the list, is because it wasn't a super entertaining fight and it wasn't a landslide for Cecilia Breakhouse. It was no. a little bit of a sparring session where the old pro was brought in the, the, the new kid on the block and showing her the ropes a little bit and teaching her a few things. That's what it felt like sitting at ringside. Again, I thought, you know, I was disappointed with the draw. I was disappointed two of those judges scored it as a draw. I'm especially disappointed, or not surprised, I should say, that the one British official scored it for Terry Harper. Bob Williams likes to do matchroom shows, matchroom regular. We know how this this game works, kids. You know, Bobble, get the call off matchroom again in the future. It was shitty. Cecilia Breakhouse got robbed of becoming once again a world champion and a world champion at the age of 42. That's all I've got to say in it. I've got. I love Terry Harper. I love his story. I love really his cool. fans, everyone around us was Terry Harper. I was Terry Harper, my dad was cheering for Terry. But she lost that fight. Let's be honest, she fucking lost that fight.
0: Um, <laughs> Kieran Conway, Linus Adolfier, you highlighted it last week. Exciting uh, piece of matchmaking. I know that you want to talk about Hopi Price as well because he was put in a proper fight. Yeah. Um, now, obviously the main event steals it, but Kieran Conway, Linus Adolfier, it's good man and i know that obviously from a performance point of view um i was happy uh with what um Kieran conway put in because i thought it was a real test for him uh, taking on landis odofia um and the right yeah. decision in the end obviously with his face swelling up he couldn't oh, see gosh. could he
1: yeah oh no no it, it was it was absolutely the correct decision from howard foster to stop the fight that's cuz i thought odofia froze i thought he froze i thought he was I like the kid. He'd done brilliant against Denzel Bentley. I thought this was his big moment on paper. This was the proper fight. And I was like, okay, Conway, excuse me, better be careful here because he's got a target on his back. He's coming back to domestic level. Udolfia has fell short but against a, a, a good middleweight, so we know where his level's at. This is a proper fight, this. Really looking forward to it. And Udofia just didn't do anything at all. He cocked, he cocked did, that right you, hand all night and didn't let it go once. I was did you put really, that down? Really disappointed put, with him.
0: Did you put it down to him, or did you put it down to Kieran dominating him?
1: I thought Kieran was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's what
0: I mean. That's what I mean. I thought the
1: Kieran took complete control of the fight. He looked massive, Kieran Conway. By the way, Jesus Christ, yeah. what a big middleweight he is. Jesus yeah. Christ, but yeah, listen, Conway was excellent. Eudophia did nothing. Okay, he circled around the outside of the ring he threw two and three jabs as range finders that were two or three inches short of kieran conway's face hmm. he slipped and moved and he threw lovely little feints and everything else and i was like okay kid nice shit you're looking nice shape okay two or three rounds in i'm like are you actually going to try and land a punch are you actually going to throw that right hand to try and get Kieran Conway out of his out of his rhythm. And maybe it's just Conway hit him and hit him early and Udofia's ass dropped out of his kicks, and he thought, you know what, I don't fancy this. And in the end, it was Kieran Conway's jab that just busted up that eye because he, he couldn't yeah. really, you know, once he found his range, he was just picking Udofia off. But I, I, because of it, I expected so much. I expected this to be a proper fight.
0: Yeah, Honestly fair by,
1: enough. But three onwards, I was like, well, Linus, man, you've got to you. This is the fight this is you've got to step up now it's all good and well building up these this record and winning at your cup it matters now this is a big show yeah. you've got a good spot on a big show and a, against a real opponent to step up let's see you step up and for me Udofia stepped out he was pretty poor on a night and I think when he looked at himself in the at the end of the night he'll be frustrated that he really didn't get his game going at all and maybe maybe you're right maybe that was because Kieran Conway was just too big but for me, Eudophia was he was happy when it got waved off, to be honest. He, he took a bit of a hiding.
0: Um, I was happy to see Hopi Price get whacked a couple of times, mate. We we <laughs> wanted this, didn't we? When we were chat when we, we were like... Hopey. <laughs> no, we didn't <laughs> listen. Yeah, but this is the thing, you can navigate. We see all these, you know, IBF European title fights when people haven't gone a Southern area or an English or a a British and all this type of stuff and done some proper pedigree and had some proper tests along the way. Hoppy Price is a fantastic talent. We know he's a fantastic talent. And you're right. He's had some struggles outside the ring, as you kind of alluded to last week. and But you want these fantastic talents to, at some point, start to be in fantastic fights, don't we? Let's have a proper test. And I... After about three or four rounds and watching this fight, i I I got proper into it. Cause I thought, okay, where it is on the card, maybe I hope he's just gonna cruise through it. And after about four, I'm thinking, fucking you know, oh, he's getting whacked here a couple of times. This is good. Yeah. Right. So edge of the seat, fucking uh, radio went on to pre-record, don't tell the bosses, and away I went and watched the uh, and watched the fight. I thought it I thought it was great, mate. I thought it was a really good piece of matchmaking. I thought the obviously he showed so many different bits of Listening to the corner, adjusting, you know, being asked questions, answering questions. He actually he comes, he goes right up it. When you get a fight like that, you find out about the lad, don't you? Of course. And he, he's answered some stuff there, and you go,
1: right, I'm on board. Let's go again. Let's see if we raise the level again next time. Good of stuff. Right, after five rounds, he's losing. And he's losing handily. And Connor Cogil's turned up and he's delivered and exact exactly what we said on Thursday. This is his world title fight for all intents and purposes. This was Connor Coggill. He did what Udofa didn't do. He yeah, turned up right this. Never mind fucking Hopi Price. This is my moment. I'm undefeated. This is my step-up opponent. I'll go through Hopi Price like a dose of salts. I'll get a match room deal. I'm on my way. And that's how he turned up. He had the right attitude and he took the fight to Hopi Price. Still, he still he should push them on up, the man. back foot and he, he landed some big, some big up. shots. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He landed some big shots, and Opie Price that's to prove that he's got a chin, that he could bite down and come through it himself. And it was a real, like, questions, serious questions would be asked. Good check. It's a good yeah. check, isn't it? And everyone at ringside's like, oh, fuck, okay, okay. Let's see what you're made of, Opie Price. And then in the sixth round, with that knockdown, the fight switched, flipped yeah. on its head then. Yeah. Because Connor suddenly went, oh, shit, this kid can whack and Hopi Price went, ha, 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 motherfucker. I'm here now. <laughs> Surprise. And he, exactly. <laughs> and the fight just went 180 degrees. Yeah. Connors kept pushing. He kept going forward. But there was that slight trepidation in his work of like, I don't want to get caught again. Meanwhile, Hopi's like, I time another one, baby. You're gone. And it got to like 10, 11. And, and our mate Joshua I was sitting, uh, chatting away with, we were like, okay, He's turned the fight around now. It's close now because hope he's closed out the last few rounds. He's got the knockdown as well. But Connor may well have racked up four or five rounds there. There's a good chunk. Yeah, like two, three, did. four, five. They're, they're probably all Connor Coghill rounds. He, ne- he needs to make sure, yeah. And and we, what he needs to finish, and we were chatting about, you know, Eddie, what does Eddie want? Eddie's, get, Eddie's talking a lot now about fighters delivering. I'm going to put you in fights. You've got to deliver. Otherwise... There's a door there. Walk out of it. There's another kid here willing to take a real fight on. I hope that's a two rhetoric, Eddie. So we were like, he, he, he needs to step up. This is his moment. He needs to get a finish. And then, boom, a le- round number 11, another knockdown. You're like, that's the he Price. That will one day headline cards. This guy, this guy that's looking for finishes now and being critical. And then, obviously, you know, the body shot and I'm just, that's it. Oh, perfect. He went to that body, lovely. Picked it a few times. And then, boom, one to the body. Cogill blocked it. One back to the head. Coggill's hand comes up. Steps to the side. Boom. Round the back. Floating rib. Beautiful. Lovely. Sensational stuff. Loved every second of it.
0: Uh, anything else from Sheffield? No, that was happy with that? Mate,
1: happy good night. That. Go, good. Us, good night.
0: If you bought a ticket for that, I think you've I been did. in for a little bit of a treat. Well done. Well done stuff. And if you watched it at home as well, I'm sure uh, you got your uh, your money's worth as well. And who knows? We might get know. pot too.
1: Yeah, let us know on social media, man. Either it's comments on YouTube or or across social media, wherever, whatever you like to use. Would you be up for it? You know, what, Do we need Wood Warrington too? What What are your thoughts on the stoppage? But more than anything else, would you buy a ticket? Would you sit at home? I, I, I'd be very surprised if anybody thinks it's a good idea for Lee Wood to go anywhere else. This is mm. the fight, man. Let's do part two. Let's sell out a football stadium.
0: Yeah, with you. Um, I got Zerdo and Joe Smith wrong. I thought Joe Smith um, would be able to put it on him, but the, it just felt, mate, Zerdo's fucking huge, innit? How the fuck did he ever make 168? I'm telling you. Mate, he is absolutely gigantic, and obviously this was at that weird catchweight, cruiserweight type thing.
1: I still can't get to the bottom of whose idea this was.
0: Hundred ninety-three, mad. Um, but uh, Zerdo, listen, yeah, uh, he dominated early. I thought Joe Smith came in uh, quite late, he started chasing the fight late. He had success late. He probably needed the full twelve rather than ten to uh, to, to to make the uh, to make the major major impact. But Zerda was a was a handy winner. I don't know what weight he's going to fight at though going forward. I didn't I didn't see any interviews or anything like that. But 193 cruiserweight just feels a little bit odd.
1: Uh, honestly, I don't know who Joe Smith's junior's management team are, but to have 18 months out of the ring and then come back at a weight division that's fifty a stone a stone or more heavier than than your natural weight division. You know, he's, he's a super middle turn 175er. Joe Smith Jr. and he's not the biggest 175 out there, far from it. So to take a fight at 193 against Ramirez, and I know Ramirez, he's he's
0: he's that as well, I suppose, isn't it? But he's gigantic.
1: Yeah, but Ramirez was always a fucking massive super middleweight. Yeah, and he's a big light heavyweight, and he looks like a cruiserweight. So. You're basically He's like a fucking
0: heavy, mate. He's no, no. gigantic. Well, you
1: basically give him everything. You went like, all right, we'll do the fight with Ramirez. Sound, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do it. Two former world champions, let's go at it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll give you everything as well. I'll give you every benefit to Ramirez. Size, yeah. weight, everything. And by the way, I'm coming off an 18-month... He looked like someone coming off an 18-month layoff in the wrong weight division. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Did Ramirez was too big for him, man. And it listen... As you say, then he was coming on coming on strong Joe Smith down the stretch. But look at the scorecards. You know, all three judges gave Joe Smith Jr. one round. I, I don't agree with that. I think he no. won at least he won at least three, two or three, yeah. three. To get only give him one round says everything you need to know about where the judges' minds were at. But yeah. again, Joe Smith Jr.'s management team, man, whoever the fuck accepted that deal. Mate, they're no friend of yours, kid. If if you're unless you're cashing out in your career and that was the biggest money on the table, to fight him at 193, as I to say, give Ramirez every benefit. And and am of Ramirez look good and strong at that weight. I, I love the fact that he's turned up. hasn't even been the barbers, just a fucking big mad haircut on him. And I'm just <laughs> like, I like that like street mentality of, I'm I'm not amazed in this fight. I'm not yeah. amazed. I haven't even got time to go and get a shot. You know, a fucking decent fade on the strip. <laughs> His haircut was mad. It just freaked me out. He looked like some some dad at a barbecue throwing shots everywhere. <laughs> but in terms of Ramirez going forward, there <laughs> rock rock the microphone and call out Jay You're both on, DAZ- you know, you're both the zone. fighters, yeah,
0: Well, he's yeah, yeah.
1: He's a big boy, at cruiserweight. Call him out, man. Fucking do it. That's what he should have done. Instead, it's like, oh, uh, any chance of fighting Canelo? He just weighed 193.
0: Daft. Um, Were you busy Friday night? Did you catch uh, your call or not? A little
1: bit of your call
0: action. Mm. I was
1: across the results. I didn't stay in for it. Mate,
0: listen. People are going to be dumbfounded by this show. Look at us today, right? We've, We've bigged up matchmaking at Matchroom. I'm about to big up matchmaking at Queensbury now. What the fuck happened at the weekend, what? lads? Hey? Yes, yes. Well done, everybody. You brought a you brought a little bit of flair. Um listen, Friday night, obviously the York's are uh, it, it's a fantastic place. Um uh we had everything here. Uh Masoud Abdullah was absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Um that was, that was nobody to be a proper fight man. Yeah, listen, nobody's ever done that to Mark Leach. Not like that anyway. He was brilliant. He was brutal. He was he, he, he was just absolutely outstanding. Um, Nigel Travis, elite corner. Elite corner. I don't know if anybody actually caught this, but um, in the, the, the round before this fight finishes, in between rounds, Nigel sits Mark down. He says, if you take more punishment like that, lad, I'm pulling you out of this fight because at the end of the round previous, he just got tagged. Wide open, got tagged with a big one. And he said, you've got three minutes to prove to me that you're you're in this and you're not going to fucking be walking onto silly shots. Next round, Massoud's at it again, just teeing off. Everything was just vicious, 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 vicious. And Nigel just went, not to Mark. It's not happening, sunshine. Pulled him out of the fight. Of course, Mark's upset. Of course, Mark's complaining. Mark wants to carry on. Mark's a fighter. But the, the role... The role of the guy that is in that corner is to protect his fighter. And Nigel Travis is one of the – he's a proper boxing guy. He knows the score. Not tonight. Brilliant, brilliant decision. Uh, and obviously, Mark Leach can uh, live to fight another day. But Masood Abdullah, Jesus Christ, mate. Woof. That was absolutely top class. You've set uh, the, the 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 scene domestically, maybe a little bit higher than that, uh, on fire, mate, with a, with a performance like that. I thought he was brilliant.
1: Yeah, listen. This is a, a a classic case of a kind of a fighter that's been there and done it and found a certain level, and a young fighter taking a bit of a chance, stepping up. You know, and this is what those Friday night cards are supposed to look like. This is what a next yeah. gen main event is supposed to look like. I, you know, I'll give you a pass on this all day because it's a proper fight. Mark Lee just got way too much experience and been at a much higher level than Abdullah's even touched, but. The matchmaker knew, the, the promoter knew that this was the right fight at the right time for Abdullah. He would be asked Would he be asked questions? Could he answer them? In the end, Mark Leeds didn't even ask. Didn't even ask the questions because Abdullah was that good. But going into the fight, we didn't know that. We didn't. There was nothing to suggest previously this kid was ready to jump up to this level and do that. Could he win? Absolutely. It's all about levels. It's all about stepping up. You can only beat the man in front of you. And Abdullah would have argued well. I can beat a Mark Leach, put me in there and watch me do it mm. uh, to do it and do it in style the way that he did to, to force Leach's corner to pull him out again, 100% the right decision. You won't meet many men in the game as honorable as a, uh, as the main man. So yeah, I thought, uh, I thought Abdullah good matchmaking, good main event, statement performance from him.
0: I've, uh, in the Elisoro-Lucas-Dortensi uh, fight. I've got a couple of texts on this. First of all, that's mm-hmm. a, I hate these bullshit European belts that are buying rankings and all that. Um, I thought it was a good piece of matchmaking. Very good competitive fight. I actually thought Elisoro struggled at times in this, yeah, yeah. which kept me uh, kept me entertained. Uh, and Terry's at it again, kids. Did you see his card? Oh, he came in with an 8-2. It's never in a million years an 8-2, Tezza. Right? Well... Well, well in you, you know what I mean? You've got to give me something to talk about. And you on the show, sunshine. You've got to get your name mentioned. I think he's doing it on purpose now. He yeah, wants to too. know if. Yeah. I think he wants to know if we're going to mention him on the, on the show. Uh, listen, it it's was been a, competitive a while. fight. Yeah. Uh, Ellis wins. I'm not disputing the win, but he struggled. You know, Lucas came to fight. He had a good go at him. He asked him uh, some, uh, some proper questions. Uh, but Ellis did navigate it and he came through. I personally had it 6'4, 8'2. Good, good on you, Tez. Good on you, lad.
1: It's because Lord Voldemort, he knows I've got a list going. Yeah. Voldemort he wants to get knows on it, does he? I've got a list. He and he's tried as damnedest <laughs> to get on there. If you'd have he's gone 10
0: 0, if you'd have gone 10 nil, you'd have got He'd it, have it. it. He'd yeah.
1: have made it. He'd have made it. He'd have made it, honestly. I'd have put him on the list. Listen, everybody knows that. My list of worst officiating in boxing per annum could be called the fucking Terry. List. List. He was one of the fa- he was one of the main guys that the, founding members. the founder <laughs> members <laughs> of being one of the planet's shittest officials. He's the guy. So yeah, no surprise oh there. Uh, obviously, my I didn't actually watch that fight live, but my social media blew up. <laughs> Everybody's when, uh, on you. When Voldemort's card got got mentioned, Terry O'Connor, 98, 92. Everyone's like, fuck it out He's going to love it. Mate. Oh, dear.
0: If you haven't seen this, and this uh, is a little bit of a shock, because I understand, Like you know what I mean? Consuming as much boxing as we do over the weekend is a very difficult thing to do, especially when it's Friday and a, a Saturday. Josh Franken, George Davy. Right, great piece of matchmaking initially. Then excited about it. Two young lads coming in, putting it all on the line. I think they both are eight and oh coming into it. Great piece, right, mate? It was fucking brilliant, absolutely brilliant fight. Fight of the night, no doubt about it. Performance of the night, Masood Abdullah. I'll give him that. But the fight of the night is Josh Franken versus George Davy. If you haven't seen this fight, go back and have a little bit of a nosy at it. Who'd have thought two undefeated, evenly matched lads would make for a good fight? It's not rocket science this game, is it? Credit to both lads, credit to the promoter for putting it on. 76-75 is the is the score, right? Obviously, what one uh referee score in this fight, 76-75. Yeah. I actually thought it should have gone the other way. They've given it Josh Frankham, but I personally thought that it should have been George Davy that got it, and he should have got it off the uh the off knockdown. the knockdown. That's how I it was such, it's a, oh, mate, it's such a close fight. It's absolutely brilliant. I fear that the ticket seller took the decision, which mm. it shouldn't have been that way because George David turned up and he was fantastic. Um, but both men were fantastic. It was a fantastic watch. I just wanted to highlight it and give it the credit it deserves because everybody comes here and they know that I've bashed the living daylights out of all sorts of stuff that we don't like. When you do something right, you get the credit. That was brilliant. I personally scored it the other way around, though.
1: I thought the I thought it was 4-4. And I thought the the I'm like you, I might the, the knockdown won the fight. Yeah, I so agree. a feel for George Davy. I thought he would he nicked it on that knockdown. But you know what? Everyone at Frank's office watches this show. Do it again. Do it again over 10. See if you can get an area title for it or an English title or something. Do it again. I'd happily watch that on TV again. Because they the two lads at a certain stage of their careers. It was the right fight at the right time. We again were speaking earlier about. Making the right matchups. Two guys here, one eight eight oh one. We've got a drawn as record previously, David. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bringing them together at this stage. Great. They'll learn a lot by going at it again. But this time, maybe put it over ten and throw a throw a central area or English at it. Not a bullshit title. Something yeah. that actually means something. But uh yeah, man. Again, my phone was blown up on Friday night. So this great is fight. well, these bits I went back and looked at over the weekend, but that was a crack here. Good match-up. Uh, hey, boxing at the weekend. There you go. You got it, kids. We've cracked it. We've cracked yeah. it.
0: Don't go backwards now. Don't yeah, go backwards. Exactly.
1: Cracked it. Even, the, even like the you, controversial apart, stuff. Apart from you, the... Terry. Apart from right, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Terry, must try harder, lad. To make the list, <laughs> must try harder. And again, even, even – uh, I wouldn't even call it a negative. You know, I'm not going to drag – Michael Alexander over the coals for the decision that, it's he, was a talking made, point. that he made. It is, it is it's a talking debate point. and talking yeah. point, and it's a yeah. selling point for the next fight. You're going to have to be vilified, Michael, because you made a decision in the moments that you believe was the correct decision. It's going to split, divide the nation. You know what? That's your promo for part two, Edward. Let's go.
0: Let's go indeed, mate. That's a good weekend. Well done, Matchroom. Well done, Queensbury, for those two shows. Uh, enjoy them. Lots of good little pieces to take away from that. And if you haven't seen some of the stuff that we've just been speaking about, go and have a nosy, man. Go and have a look, especially that Frank and Davy fight, Belter. Uh, now then, thank you very much for tuning in. You can, of course, subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. If you're a first-timer and you like what you've just heard or watched or whatever, don't make it the last time. Uh, Loads of different audio feeds for you to choose from. And we're also on YouTube as well. Fight Disciples on YouTube. Go there. You can also interact with the comment section uh, and hit the subscribe button. And we'll be back later on in the week to preview the upcoming action uh, for the weekend ahead. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for
1: listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.